<sighs> How many of you have ever wanted to see God? Yeah, that's about a third. That's pretty good. <laughs> Most are like, heck no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Moses, you know, you, you look at this story and it's a little perplexing to me. God appears to Moses in the burning bush. God is talking to Moses all the time. You know, hit the water, split the you know, the river so that the people can go through. Is up on the mountain for 40 days with the Ten Commandments. And, and, and Moses is saying, it's like I don't know you. Can we get to know one another better? I just want to know you're not going to be with me. You're going to be with me and not leave the people because God has just, the people have just made the golden calf. Remember that story? Moses is up on the mountain for 40 days. The people get nervous. They say, where is our God? I know. Here's a great idea. Let's make, God of our, let's make gods of our own. So they melt down the gold and they create a golden calf. And now God is ticked. God wants to smash the people. God's ticked off. And, and God, basically God says, you know, it's better off if I kind of leave and I leave an angel behind because the angel won't smash you and I probably will. And Moses is saying, we're not going to be unique unless we have you. Unless you're with us, unless you walk with us, you're present with us. We need you. He says, show me your glory. Show me your glory, God. I need to know. I need to see it. I need to know you're not going to leave us behind. And God says, well, that's a hard thing. You can't see my face and live. So I'm going to hide you in a cleft of a rock and I'm going to go by and I'm going to put up my hand and, and, and shield you. And after I go by, you can see my, it says back, but you know, it's kind of like, well, that's different. You're going to see me from behind. So as God says, I will show you my goodness. And that's not what Moses asked for. How many of you have had somebody say, I'm doing this for your own good? Has that ever happened to anyone here? Yeah? How does that feel? Dishonest? Annoying? Have you ever found after the fact that something that somebody did for your own good was actually, in fact, for your own good? <laughs> My parents often did that. They're like, you'll think, it was like, I was going picking berries, and you pick berries, you burn a lot of calories, okay? And my mother would give us, you know, every other kid would get two ding-dongs, because that's how they came in a package. But not in our family, no, she cut them in half, we got one ding-dong each. Mom, how come I can't have two ding-dongs? Because I love you. Really? Really feels like because you're being cheap. That's how it kind of feels at the time. I'm 12 years old. I'm hungry. I don't want you to develop a sweet tooth. Mom, that ship has sailed. 
I've got one. My mom wanted me not to rely on filling myself up with sweets and desserts. That's what she wanted. She was trying to show me her goodness. Most of the time, oh, the first picture, if you, if you turn to the front of your, your hymnal, turn to, not your hymnal, the bulletin, what's that picture of? It's a rear view mirror. Most of the time when you're dealing with God, we find God in the rear view mirror. In the moment we think, you know what, it would have been really nice if you'd have been there. And it's only after the fact that we saw God in the rearview mirror. And if you're like me, you ask what Moses asks. You ask, let me see your glory. I want to see something big. I want to see you come down and shake the earth. I want you to go to Washington and shake the ever-living whatever out of these people until they wake up and do what's best for their people. I want you to stop having religious leaders telling people that God is a God of hate. I want God to be so glorious that there is no confusion whatsoever. How many of you people feel that way? Man, I just want, like, would you, if I had that kind of power, let me tell you, I would let people know. And God has already smitten some of the people, you know, the people who really complained, the apps, like, bit them on the ankle, and, and they, then they keep complaining. And God's kind of tired of the people. Have you ever been with people that you get tired of? I know most of you haven't. But in the, in the remote chance that you actually have to be with people who drive you crazy, you know, you just think, I need to get out of here. And God says, okay, I'm not going to do that. I am going to show you my goodness. But you will only see that goodness from behind. If you look at the sun directly, what's it do to your eyeballs? Nothing good. If you turn around and you look at the light that the sun has given, how's that for you? It's pretty nice. It's nice to be able to see. I can see in here. We could turn these lights off and still see. We often don't see God's action as it happens in the world. We see the wake of those actions. We see goodness in the wake of where God is moving. And often, it's in the rearview mirror. I wish to say that I saw it all the time, and sometimes it's like, I just want to know what's going on, and I want to know that this is right. Just show me, show me, show me, so that I can feel the way I need to feel to do what I need to do. And God says, you know what? Hide in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you up, you'll be safe, and you'll see the goodness as I pass. We want God's glory, but we need God's goodness. I am reminded of 
The Dalai Lama was asked if there was ever a situation where they would need to take up arms again to defend themselves or try to go back to Tibet. And Dalai Lama said if one Chinese suffers for that, the price is too high. And part of me thinks that's really awesome. And part of me thinks that's really naive. That'll never work. The question that we have today as Christian people and as religious people is do we do what needs to happen out of God's goodness or do we just want the power to do what we want to do because we think we're right? And in my own life, sometimes I just want to be able to say to my son, you got to do it, Michael, because your dad says do it. You know how many times I win that argument? He's good at arguing with me. I taught him well. This really sucks. This is one lesson that I really did teach him quite well. And he just he won't do it unless he knows that what I'm asking him to do makes sense and it's because of some goodness. What's interesting is people don't know care how much you know until they know how much you care. So God has all these rules and God says I'm going to give you these commandments, 613 Levitical codes. That's a lot. You think the Ten Commandments is hard. you got 613 Levitical codes. And quite frankly, you don't really care how much God knows about what's right until you know how much God cares. What churches are trying to do, what God is trying to do in this story is to say, I care. I care about the people in the Moore Project. I care about the people all over the world who don't have homes, who don't have a place to stay, who don't have enough to eat. I care about the people who are caught up in a rat race and are running around making their millions and are completely lost. I care about people like you and like me. And I know what you want, and you're not going to get it. There's the old adage, when God wants to punish us, God gives us what we ask for. We want God's glory, we want God's power, we want God's might, and God says, I will show you my goodness, but you have to wait until I pass through. And you will see the effects of when I pass through. And that is supposed to be enough. The question is, is it enough for us? Is God's goodness enough? That's the question. This is a question we all have to ask. I love these stories because they really are our stories. Not just 5,000 years ago, people long dead in a land far, far away, in a galaxy far, far away, might as well be, for all it means. Is God's goodness in your life enough? And do you have the eyes to see it? How many people drove by the tumbleweeds? 
today. Arleth comes from Riverside. That's why she can't come to us very often now. She doesn't drive any longer because she's smart enough not to drive when it's not safe. But those tumbleweeds are there for everyone to see. But most of us are on our, on our way, and we know where we're going, and we don't want any distractions until we get there, unless it's the radio, and we're hoping that that will distract us enough that we don't have to think about what's going on in our own heads. All of the issues with our parents, all the issues with our children, all the issues with brothers and sisters, all the issues with people who are dying, that are just, it just, it's too much. And so if I just get to my destination, I take care of my business, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I sound fine. Don't I sound fine? I'm fine. You ask a woman, she says she's fine, she ain't fine. And I think most of us, when we say we're fine, we're really not. We're really not. Is God's goodness enough? Because that's what we get. That's what we get. God goes through. We see the effects. It's a simple thing. There's no simple answer, and you have to find goodness for yourself. You have to know where to look in your life. And a lot of people that loved you, that did things you didn't want, created goodness in their wakes. Some didn't, but many did. And God is the ultimate creator of goodness. And that's good news. Amen.